you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Friday, September the 30th, and you are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of Thomas Davis, 6'1", 230, Georgia Bulldog, All-American, <laughs> clocked a 4'6", and the 40 was made the 14th Negative. overall selection of the Carolina Panthers in 2005 and was supposed to play safety. Did you know that? I did not know Until that. a young man by the name of Brandon Short injured his foot outside linebacker a couple of weeks later. This hmm. man right here, TD, had his first career sack. Any oh. guesses on who that was against? Don't tell her. Don't, no clue. A young man by the name of Thomas Patrick Edward, Edward Brady. Brady. TV <laughs> 12 name. goes down. Your first career sack. I love that stat. I love Ooh. that story. We'll get that later. 16 years after that, TD had become a fixture on the NFL map. TD, thank you for joining us today. No problem. Thank you for having me. I'm still a little disappointed about that 4-6 because that's not true to who I am. And that's still pretty dang fast. <laughs> TD is joined today by Adam Rank and Cynthia Freeland, who will be along shortly. And as always, here she is, the host of NFL Total Access, MJ Acosta-Ruiz. And MJ, I don't want to overlook your resume, but I want to get right to your fandom Ooh. and your love of both the Miami Dolphins and the young man who is their quarterback. Two is still down. They brought out a backboard and now a stretcher, Joe. Yeah, so uh, this is not, uh, the not whole, team, whole team's, whole team's coming, team's coming out. out now. Wow. A frightening scene last night in Cincinnati. Tua taken to the hospital, released from the hospital. Today, Tua released a statement on his social media saying, quote, I want to thank everyone for all their prayers and support since the game last night. It was difficult to not be able to finish the game and be there with my teammates, but I'm grateful for the support and care I've received from the Dolphins, my friends and family, and all the people who have reached out. I'm feeling much better and focused on recovering so I can get back out on the field with my teammates. This morning, head coach Mike McDaniel spoke about Tua's injury. Talked to him today, and I, I, I re, re, reiterated the same thing. Like, because he was he was bringing up to me, man. I just hope I don't miss X, Y, or Z game. And I was like, Tua, let's stop this right now. Don't even think about a game. Let's just think about doing everything. Um, the the right way to to listen to get you know opinions that you need and let's worry about you and your head and being a healthy human being through it and then we'll worry about you know playing football later NFL Network Media Insider Mike Garofolo and NFL Chief Medical Officer Dr. Alan Sills join us now to tell us what we know what do we know now about the latest on Tua's progress? Mike McDaniel also asked MJ if he would have done anything different looking back, and he said, look, I had all the information from the medical people involved who said that there wasn't a head injury, and if 
I believe there was a head injury. I never would have been able to live with myself knowing I was putting my quarterback back out there at risk of another injury. So the NFL PA, along with the NFL, will continue their investigation into what happened on Sunday and why Tua Tagovailoa was allowed to continue in that game before suffering this confirmed concussion last night. And we did see NFLPA President J.C. Treader tweet out that we had a no-go symptom on Sunday, which was Tugavailoa stumbling. Now, that's not entirely true. That is not one of the no-go symptoms. The fencing pose, which we saw from Tugavailoa last night, as well as a little bit of amnesia or the inability to communicate or think clearly, those are no-go symptoms, meaning the guy is out of the game. The stumbling has to be backed by a confirmation from the medical experts on hand that a concussion occurred. So the NFL will continue to speak to those involved, including Tugavailoa, to come to a conclusion along with the NFLPA regarding what happened there. As for Tugavailoa, he did have an MRI today to check on the neck all indications right now are that he is doing well. He is in the concussion protocol. He will have to progress. You heard Mike McDaniel not even try to put a timeline on this. So we'll see how Tugavailoa progresses here. But there's still some questions that need to be answered. And the league and the PAMJ are working on that. Thank you, Mike Garofalo, and actually our colleague Judy Batista. She spoke with NFL Chief Medical Officer Alan Sills on those questions, especially those involving to his injuries going back to last Sunday's game. Take a listen. In hindsight, should he have been kept off the field last Sunday? Again, Judy, I think we have to go through and review all of the data. We have to speak with everyone involved and understand exactly what they saw and what they heard and what data was available to them, and did they correctly apply the concussion protocol? That's what we always ask our personnel to do, is, correct, is apply the protocol. And, and again, we can't make that decision. We, I'm saying me as a physician, I can't make that this, the decision watching on television at home. Um, I have to understand and, and know exactly what data was made to them. What I can tell you, Judy, is this. As soon as we finish that review, we'll release the results of that to everyone. We wanna be as transparent and open about this as possible. Was Tua subsequently checked for concussion symptoms Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, leading up to the game last night? Absolutely. I know that he was checked after the game. I know that he was checked the following day. In fact, every player who gets an examination on game day gets a follow-up exam the following day, even if that exam was negative. That's part of our concussion protocol. And then I know that this player was checked every day leading up to the game. Given the severity of, of the injury last night, is it possible that that was exacerbated by the injury he suffered on Sunday, the fact that he hit his head last Sunday? Yeah, I think, Judy, it's, it's impossible to know that, but certainly that's one of the factors that we want to look at. And, and again, every injury to us is an important injury. Every injury is one we want to prevent. And we're about reducing concussions across the board. And not only that, as you know, uh, I personally and, and our league has gotten out front and said we want to reduce head contact overall as well. Okay, MJ, Tua, already talking about wanting to come back. That's what Mike McDaniel told us. Mike McDaniel also told us his response, which was to tell Tua not to worry about that. That a timetable for his return is not a priority right now, nor should it be. Now that feels to me like the perfect response. But MJ, is that response five days too late? It feels that way for sure. And it certainly feels that way, I think, to everybody who was watching that moment, watching Tua on the field. You could see the faces of all the players. I mean, my, my stomach dropped. It dropped. I was sick to my stomach watching him out there because it, it, it's never what you want to see on the field. And it didn't need to get to that point um, 
for it to be such a reaction of protection over him. It should have been not a reaction, but a preventative situation, I think, especially how we saw how hard he got hurt on Sunday, just a few days prior. Um, it, it's, it's rough. It's rough to see. It's rough to think about. I'm thinking about his parents who were watching him there in person in primetime and then suddenly have to rush to the hospital to be by their son. Terrifying. Terrifying. I cannot, I can't imagine being Tua and sitting there, lying there, wondering what's happening, what's going on, if he's going to be okay. Um, so fandom aside, I think if you're just a human being, watching another human being have possibly one of the most terrifying moments of his life, it, it, it hurt to watch. It did hurt to watch. And to be clear, he had cleared concussion protocol. Mm -hmm. He had been cleared medically um, by team doctors and an independent neurologist. Anybody who knows Tua, you do know Tua, knows that if the young man is cleared to play, he is going to want to play. No question. My question for you, Thomas, is in a situation like that, if you have a teammate that you saw wobbling on Sunday, is there somebody who needs to come in and be his protector to say, okay, yes, you have been medically cleared, and yes, we know you want to play, but maybe it's not the best idea if you do play. Yeah, I think what people have to realize is we as players, we want to play. Of course. No matter what the situation is, if we feel like we're physically capable and able to play, we want to play. There has to be somebody that steps in after seeing what happened right before halftime against the Buffalo Bills Regardless of what the tests say, regardless of, you know, if the player is able to go in and pass the independent study, like, he didn't pass the eye test to me. We have to have people in place that are going to take care of the player and protect them from themselves. That's real. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm joined today by Thomas Davis and MJ Acosta-Ruiz for Friday answers to Sunday questions. Sunday questions like who wins and how do they win and who stars and what's the score? That is on the way. But before we say who wins, let's find out who's in. Mike G, you're back on the mic. Mac Jones is out. Uh, Bill Belichick all week saying it was day-to-day -day and he's not a doctor and we'll see and everything he could to push that question out. As a matter of fact, Jones was on the field on Friday, leading some to say, oh, wait a second. Uh, but he did not move very far. In fact, he was kind of hiding back there. He's just kind of standing there. And in the end, he was listed as DNP. He did not practice despite being out on the field. So nobody really thought he was going to play all week. The jig officially up. He is out for the Packers game. Brian Hoyer gets the start. Christian McCaffrey had a quad injury that kept him out of practice for a couple of days. He is questionable now 
with that injury, did some work on Friday. Uh, Matt Rule, the Panthers head coach, saying that they are hopeful. McCaffrey continued to say that he felt great. That's pretty much all he would say. So questionable for the Cardinals on Sunday, but some hope he'll, he will be ready to go. As for the game in London between the Saints and the Vikings, Jameis Winston not likely to play. Listed as doubtful with back and ankle injuries. The guy standing next to him right there, Andy Dalton, expected to get the start for the Saints. Jameis was expected to practice on Thursday, never did, then didn't show on the field on Friday. And so eventually the head coach, Dennis Allen, saying that Jameis unlikely to go, listed as doubtful. And bad news for Andy Dalton, you won't have Michael Thomas to throw to. He has been ruled out. He's got a foot issue, so the Saints' top receiver will not be there for Dalton. But Dalton's a veteran. He's got other guys available. Alvin Kamara uh, listed as questionable. He could play. We'll let you know the rest of who's in, who's out on Sunday, MJ. Uh, Rappaport likes to tweet at like 3 a.m., so stay up or wake up early. Okay, thank you, Garofolo. Our week four game picks are on the way, but our week four game plan comes right now for the underdog Baltimore Ravens against an exciting but exhausted Buffalo Bills TD. You have a winning three-part plan for the Ravens. Part one, Lamar Jackson, run with abandon. Part two, Lamar Jackson, <laughs> pass with intention. Part three, Marlon Humphrey, channel your inner Xavier Howard. Intriguing. Let's start with the run. Go. This Baltimore Ravens team, we know what Lamar is capable of and what he can do with the football in his hands. He's a dynamic player. He makes dynamic players. But we need his supporting cast to step up in a big way. We got to have those running backs step up and do their job. Guys like Justice Hill, who's leading them from a running back standpoint in rushes, he has to step up and he has to be the guy to take the pressure off Lamar in the rushing game. The Buffalo Bills are a very smartly coached defense. They're going to key in on Lamar Jackson. They're going to not allow him to beat them with his legs. So, therefore, the running backs have to step in. They have to devise a scheme that allows him to get out and hand the ball off to running backs and comfortably know that they're going to gain positive yards. This is a team known for running schemes, for blocking schemes. They've been the number one or amongst the top rushing teams in the NFL for the last few years. Certainly a team capable of pulling off what you say they need to pull off. And number two, they have to take advantage of the Buffalo Bills being hurt in the secondary. They have three starters that are down right now, and they're reeling. And then they showed in the, in the game that they played against the Miami Dolphins. The safeties not being there were ultimately the reason why I feel like the, the Miami Dolphins was able to win that game. And Lamar Jackson has to do a great job of finding holes in the zone defense that the Buffalo Bills like to run. He has to put the ball on the money because even with the backups, they're going to be opportunistic. They're going to try to take the ball away because that's Coach McDermott's coaching style. He's always preaching to guys, we have to take the ball away. Lamar Jackson has to protect the ball, but he has to find holes in those zones, and he's going to be able to do that with these backup safeties in the game. Run with abandon, attack that depleted, arguably, secondary. Point number three, Marlon Humphrey, channel your inner Xavier Howard. This touches upon something you told us last week at this time. What's the plan for yes, Marlon Humphrey? We had a plan, and you have to take away Stefan Diggs. The connection between Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen in the first couple of weeks of the season was unmatched in the NFL. Mm -hmm. So I said going into that game against the Dolphins, Xavier Howard had to be exceptional. I mean, he was exactly that. He put the strap, he put the seatbelt on, and he took, well, I'll say that he took Stefan Diggs out of the game along with the heat. If Baltimore is able to turn the heat up <laughs> as well, 
with um, having a guy like Marlon Humphrey step in and, and be a shutdown corner, then, you know, they'll have an opportunity to really do some things against the Buffalo Bills and kind of frustrate them and have Ken Dorsey looking like the Miami Dolphins had him looking after, you know, they couldn't complete some of the things that they were trying to do. So that's what you got to do. You got to really eliminate um, Josh Allen being able to go out and be effective and getting the ball to his favorite target and Stephon Diggs. And that's one of the ways you're able to do that by eliminating Stephon Diggs and running the football and keeping the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. Baltimore Ravens uh, stadium security officials have tested and approved the structural integrity of the table in Ken Dorsey's <laughs> coaching booth. <laughs> we are safe, at least for the time being. Okay, MJ, you heard Thomas's plan for the Ravens, and it sounds like a sound plan. You are famously the manager of Josh Allen. He's your QB1 in your mm -hmm, fantasy league. Mm -hmm. We have heard Michael Robinson talk at length about the fact that the Buffalo Bills, in his estimation, have the most talented roster in the NFL. And when they made the cut down to 53, they were cutting starters in the NFL, guys that ended up starting on mm -hmm. other rosters. So we talk about their secondary as depleted, but this is still a very talented yep. team. They go into Baltimore as the favorite. Why do they deserve that tag? I think it's because we know that level of talent and we know that this is a team who just played one of the most physically demanding games I think I've, I've seen in a while um, no in argument. Miami last Sunday. And they know they have to make a statement. So when I think of them winning this game, it's not a get-right get game in the normal sense, right? Because the Ravens are not a team that you're like, oh, definitely, I could take the dub here. But it's a statement win. It's to remind folks, like, yeah, we may have taken the L in Miami Gardens, but we're going to come in here against a team that can really, really challenge us and come out victorious and remind the league why you were chanting us as the best team in the league just a week ago. I didn't argue with the Bills being anointed the best team mm -hmm. in the league. Did you? By me. <laughs> I'm the one He said it. It's me. That explains why I didn't argue with it, because it was you who made that declaration. Definitely crying. But think about this, guys. Buffalo Bills come into this game 2-1. and one. Yeah. Led by Josh Allen, he's certainly on the short list for MVP candidates. But Baltimore Ravens go into this game two and one, led mm -hmm. by arguably the leader yep. of the MVP race in Lamar Jackson. The thought that one of these two teams is going to end this game on Sunday two and two strikes me as almost an injustice I know. when you consider the other teams that will be two and two at the end of week four. These are the games that we circle on our calendar. This is why we love this game. This is why we look forward to Sundays. These kind of matchups that are impossible to call because you know very well the margin of victory is so, so very slim. These are the games really that make you wish the NFL had a college game day structure yeah, to where you yeah. can just kind of go around and pick what games were going to be prime, ga prime time games. Like later in the season when they flex games, mm -hmm. when you look at a matchup like the Buffalo Bills versus the Baltimore Ravens this early in the season, I want that game to be on a Sunday night when all of the other games are gone off. Yep. You know what the structure is. You know what the schedule is. And you know what the records is for other teams. And now you can just lock in and just watch some really amazing football. The margin of error for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week three was two points, a mm -hmm. failed two-point conversion to tie the Packers late in that one. This week, they are at home. In spite of rumors of a move to Minneapolis, those have been silenced. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers will play in Tampa mm -hmm. against the Kansas City Chiefs. They come off a loss 
a difficult, low-scoring loss to the Packers. What do they get as a reward? The Kansas City Chiefs, who are also coming off of a loss, a three-point loss to the Indianapolis Colts, 20-17. Two teams very motivated. Two teams who probably feel, small d, in quotes, it's early, desperate for a win. <laughs> MJ, the Bucks are favored by one. Yep. Why are the odds makers right? Oh, because they're getting some really big names back. Mike Evans is coming back after that one-game suspension. So you know he's more than antsy to get out there. It wasn't an injury. It wasn't anything like that. He literally had to sit on his hands after that fight. Godwin coming back as well. And let's not forget what this defense has been doing. That loss and all, it was a two-point loss for them against the Packers. That defense kept a minute in that game. Yeah, and they I sure did. What was the final score? 14-12. They held that 14, team to 12. 14 points which is remarkable. So I, I think this, especially because they're playing, I know that the storm had so much to do with it. And if you've seen any of the of the reports coming out of the western coast of, of Florida after Hurricane Ian, you can see the devastation there. So they have that added onus to play for those people who have lost their homes, who have lost everything, who are fans of this team. And I think that that does add an extra layer. Um, not that they need any more motivation than they already have, uh, but I, I, that's why I, I think they are favored here. You have the Bucks winning this game. TD, mm -hmm. you have the Chiefs winning this game. So tell me and tell us, why are the odds makers wrong? You know, when you look at this game, I, I really feel like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have kind of, and I know in their last game, they didn't have Mike Evans. Mm -hmm. They didn't have Chris Godwin, who's coming back, who's still in question. You know, how much is Chris Godwin sure. really going to play in his first game? back from an ACL injury. Um, you know, the loss of, of not having Julio Jones there, um, the time that Tom Brady missed, the fact that they lost so many offensive linemen, like those are key components when you go into a game facing a Patrick Mahomes team that has just lost um, in a tough game that a lot of the guys in the locker room feel like they should have won. Uh, it's it's going to be tough to go up and against a guy like Chris Jones and Frank Clark when your def your offensive line is reeling the way that theirs is. Even if you get Mike Evans back, you know you have to get in a situation where you have to outscore the team on the other side. And when you have a defense that is as good as Tampa Bay defense is, they are re a really good defense. They allowed. That's quite a statement. Let me just stop you there. You are saying that the Kansas City Chiefs defense is every bit as good as the Tampa Bay Bucks defense. Not quite. Who many people have said it potentially is the best defense in the NFL. Yeah, I'm not quite saying that. <laughs> now, I'm not going that far to say that. But what I'm saying is when you factor in, they have to play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line. The strength of their defense in Kansas City is their defensive line. When you look yeah. at Frank Clark, you look at – Karloftis, the uh, young kid that they just drafted, yep, he comes in, he brings a lot of energy. I love the way Nick Bolton is playing right now for them as a linebacker. Then you have Reed in the secondary. I think those guys coming together as a young defense right now, they're, they're, they're going to go out and they're going to do a good job of, you know, keeping Tampa Bay out of the end zone. But what I don't feel like Tampa Bay, even with as good as their defense is, can they consistently keep this Kansas City offense out of the end zone. And I know they were able to do that with Aaron Rodgers and the young receivers that he had, but you have Patrick Mahomes over here with guys that have been proven in this league, especially with having a guy like Travis Kelsey that he's on a one accord with. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They figure out a way to get the job done and find their way in the end zone. I just think that that dynamic, and I think 
when you look at the, the little uh, tiff that Patrick Mahomes and B enemy had on the sideline, I think that's something that they're going to patch up. They're going to figure out a way to make their quarterback happy. So if you see a fourth and four situation or a situation where, you know, Mahomes feel like he can pick it up, they're going to put trust in their quarterback and they're going to yeah. take more uh, of a chance when it comes to like converting versus not doing that to try to appease him and they're going to create extra opportunities for that team. I thought Bienemy had the best response to that when asked about that after the game. He said, that's what you want. You want your quarterback to be fighting I like with me for that opportunity yeah. to throw the ball downfield. Uh, you know, I won that argument in terms of the play we called, but that's the kind of guy you want. Now, that guy was 3-for-10, Patrick Mahomes, 3-for-10 on third down in week three. He was the leading rusher for the Chiefs in week three. Four rushes, 26 yards, clearly not a recipe for success. Hard to believe that that player and this team and that Andy Reid offense will struggle again in back-to-back -back weeks. That's got to have you nervous about picking the Bucks for this one. See, that's the part that has had me on the line when it did come to, to picking this team because we've seen them have rough patches. Last season, we saw it. And if anybody can gather themselves and get it together, <laughs> it's not just Patrick Mahomes, but this Chiefs offense yeah. in particular. Yeah. See, this is what this is what a lot of people are gonna miss in this matchup, right? The defensive coordinator that the Chiefs just went against was Gus Bradley. Mm -hmm. And this Kansas City Chiefs offense has struggled against Gus Bradley's scheme every single time that they've right. played them. Every single time they've they played them because this is a big play offense. They thrive on making the big plays. Yeah. And Gus Bradley coaches specifically to take those big plays away, keep everything underneath, and not allow them to continue to just dink and dunk. I mean, it kind of forces them to dink and dunk, I should say. He's not going to go out and allow them to have those dynamic big plays that they live off of. And Teams are not patient enough to continue to sit there and do that. And that's why you saw the frustration come in with Patrick Mahomes and Enemy because of Gus Bradley. And he doesn't get enough credit for the work that he's done against the Kansas City Chiefs. But if you go back to the Charger days, look at what he was able to do against. Yeah. Are we sure that Patrick Mahomes wasn't yelling at Eric Enemy to make sure that number 10 got out of the locker room and onto the field? Oh, oh right, Tyreek Hill isn't there anymore. Whoops. Okay. That's the Chiefs Bucks preview. Here are the Chiefs Bucks picks. Adam Rank, you get in on this too, please. Let's get into it. Chiefs it Bucks is. is the first one. Thomas, you start us off now. Is this really an upset? Though? I know. I mean, it's it's yeah. It's Depends. Yes. Depends what you said this year on. I guess they say Mahomes really can't beat. Brady, but I'm saying that Mahomes is absolutely going to beat no. Brady. Absolutely. Yes, Rain. Come on. And wow. he's going to beat him 24 to 17. That's decisive. Deci yeah, that is. That is yes, a decisive yes, win yeah, for the Bucks. I, hey. I would like to go out on a limb with you, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say the Buccaneers win this afraid? one. 27-23. Listen, I'm not listen, I'm not afraid of it by any stretch of the imagination, but this is one of the best defenses in the NFL. You want to know who the leading rusher was last week for the Chiefs? Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. That's not good. Mm -hmm. It's going to be tougher this week. Okay. All right. I Listen, because of what you said about Patrick Mahomes, I almost went with the Chiefs, but I am taking the Bucks here. Close one, 28-25. Next topic, next question. If Jameis Winston is questionable and Alvin Kamara is questionable and Jarvis Landry is questionable and mm. Michael Thomas is out, how can the Minnesota Vikings possibly lose this game in London, only on NFL Network, by the way, 
9.30 a.m. Eastern Time Sunday. How can the Vikings lose this one? I think they still can. I have two words for you. And this might be a tall order for the man, but Taysom Hill, come through for me. The man who does it all, the Swiss Army knife. It's on you, brother. It's across the pond. Yes. Everybody's jet lagged. Yes. Take advantage of it. Why not? I'm just saying. Do you buy it? Too much. <laughs> I, I like Taysom Hill. I like Taysom Hill a lot, but Taysom Hill was out in his last game versus the Carolina Panthers. Why was he out in that game? Um, is he going to be back? I was told is by this... our researchers that he is healthy. Okay, so hey. so that's why I'm not excited about right. it. Right. So I hopefully, hopefully, and he poses a matchup problem. He does make things does. interesting listen, and difficult. Listen, he he's he's one of those players that literally keeps you up at night as a defensive coordinator mm -hmm. because you just never know where they're going to line this guy up at, whether he's going to be a tight end, whether he's going to be a running back, quarterback, receiver. They line him up all over the field. And, MJ, to your point, if Taysom Hill is not only active, if he's as healthy mm -hmm. as he's been and he's ready to go, he can definitely be one of the guys that can completely wreck Minnesota's game plan, like you said. That's the London preview. Here are the London picks. Viking Saints in London, Thomas. You have Jameis Winston out. Okay, here we go. Mike Thomas out. Uh -huh. You have Jarvis Landry possibly out. And then you look at having an Alvin Kamara who's also questionable for this game. For me, it's an easy Vikings pick. I'm going with the Vikings 28-18 because of those reasons. Okay, before I make my pick, what, what time is this game on in London? Is it a primetime game out there? Like afternoon. Is it, it's afternoon? Okay, yeah. then that, for that reason... I'm going to go Vikings 27-23. In every game that Kirk Cousins has ever played in Great Britain, he's thrown for over 400 yards. Okay. Wow. Okay. It's been one, but still every single one. Okay. I'm, I'm flying out tomorrow to London. Wait. David Carr and we're I. Going to, we're, we're going, going to, London. to London, baby. Are we so going to be feel, in London next week? I feel like we got to be bold. And we didn't get invited. Right? I know. We're not going? That's crazy. TD, I hear you oh, on all the injuries okay, on the Saints, but I'm putting all of my hopes on one man, and it's a lot to ask of him. Taysom Hill, let's go, man. The Swiss Army Knife, oh I hear he's healthy. Gosh. He's good to go. He's going to shake things up, rattle it, and get the Saints a dub and an upset 25-20 to 20 overseas. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is NFL Total Access, and our predictive analytics expert, Cynthia Freeland, did a lot of math getting ready for week four, and her predictions are freakishly accurate, and we don't want her to feel like her time in the lab was wasted, so MJ, Sin, take the stage. Cynthia, we've got Saquon on the mind, Saquon Barkley, anticipating having a big game, but how big? He had 81 yards, uh, rush yards last week. Will he have more or less than 80 this week? He's going to have more. He's actually my number one running back for the Ooh. entire week in terms of projections with 82 rush yards, a rushing touchdown, 
and 32 receiving yards. So when I look to see what's going on with this O-line, this is a better matchup for them because you haven't seen a lot of pressure come from the Bears. Sorry, Adam Rank. It's, I'm not being Sorry. mean. I love they have you. six sacks. <laughs> pressure and sacks are not necessarily the same thing, my friend. So I think this is an opportunity here where Saquon will have the biggest day of all of the running backs. Wow. Okay, I like it. How about Lamar Jackson, the dual threat? Is he going to have more than 230 pass yards and 53 rush yards? Can I say yes to both? More to both? Love that. Love more that for to us. both. I think this is going to be the highest scoring game of the week. Ooh. So 251 pass yards, two touchdowns, an interception, and 58 rush yards. So just a little semantics here with the exact numbers. <laughs> but I love the opportunity here for both quarterbacks to be incredibly like just number one and number two right. in fantasy for the week. So incredibly valuable for your fantasy team. But when I look at Lamar Jackson and his opportunity, especially in the passing game with all of those injuries to the Bills, that's going to be a big, fun game and the highest scoring one for the week for us. Wait, running back, selfish question here. You said both of them, number one and number two? Yeah. Yes, amazing. Allen got, one, I got Lamar Allen. two. Fantastic. All right, Sin. Let's get to the nitty-gritty, the exact numbers here for some of these games. And we're going to see a theme here. Let's start with Chiefs Bucks. Over under 45.5 points in this game. Okay, so I have a very close game. I have the Bucks winning 24 to 23, which adds up to 47. So that means it is more points than that. Mm. So we're going over. I actually think this game could go even more over as I think there's some strong points for each team. That means we could have a very close game. Maybe it comes down to the fourth quarter. All right. Keeping that same number, 45.5. Over or under that many for Jags Eagles. Okay, is the Eagles winning this one decisively 29 to 21? That adds up, that adds up to 50, which is kind of significantly more yeah. than 45 and a half. You know, I'm pretty stingy with that. I usually come up pretty close to that. But I think that the Eagles will have a nice game plan because they're, you know, we talk about, you know, Doug Peterson getting his revenge against Eagles. I think that the other side, I think Jalen Hurts is going to want to throw for a couple of touchdowns and then maybe rush for another one. We interrupt this podcast to remind you that this is what you came for. Game picks, score predictions, and upset alerts for every remaining week four game. Take notes. Compare your answers to ours. And as always, use this information wisely. Let's start with Commanders and Cowboys. Rankster, start us off. You know what? I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys taking this one 27-20. There is an opportunity for a little bit of a letdown anytime you have a big divisional win like they had on Monday night. But I've been really impressed by the way that Cooper Cup or Cooper Cup, Cooper Rush <laughs> has been playing for the Dallas Cowboys. I think they're going to find an answer. I think they, they've played pretty well with him at quarterback. So I'm going to go with them. I agree with you. Cooper Rush has been playing extremely well. But the thing that stands out to me has been this Washington defense. I think they really haven't found their identity. I don't think they really know who they are. Now. And Coach Rivera, it's time for you to step in. It's time for you to get that thing figured out. But it won't be this week against the Cowboys. I'm <laughs> right. going Cowboys 24 to 21. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I guess I won't get an edge in this game pick. Because I also have the Cowboys 20 to 15. All right, the next one is Bears-Giants. Oh, yeah. mm, I wonder who you're going to pick. Are you really? One. Are we wondering about this? I'm going to go with the <laughs> Chicago Bears 17 16 over the Giants. Hit the upset alert. Was that not? There it is. It was. What, what, game, are you, what are you guys huh? doing? No, Stand you around. Know, you get no love for that, right? Why do we not? No one's feeding let me, it. Let me tell you what. One of the things the Cowboys were able to do last week that made them so successful is they went to a lot of 12 personnel, which forced the Giants into a personnel grouping that they don't like with bringing in extra linebackers. The Bears are going to do that. They're going to run out a couple of extra tight ends, and they're going to be able to run the football with Khalil Herbert. Even with David Montgomery out, Khalil Herbert showed last week that he is ready to go. Hey, you talked about 
running the football, and that's exactly how the Giants are going to win this game. They're going to win this game by running the football when you have Sterling Shepard, who just went out with an unfortunate injury. Yeah. You have Kadarius Toney that's also going to be out now. It's been listed in this game. And you also factor in having a guy like Kenny Galladay not playing up to his standards. The Giants are going to come out, and they're going to feed the Bears all of Saquon Barkley they can handle, Ooh. all the Matt, uh, Daniel Jones, Matt Jones, Daniel Jones <laughs> that they can handle, and they're going to come away with this win. I, I love Roquan Smith and what he's right. capable of, but I just don't see the Giants losing this game at home. It's going to be the Saquon show. No question. I have They're the Giants. They're going to take like an hour. 17. Run the clock. 15. They're just running the clock the whole time. What about Browns? And the Falcons, mm. Adam Rank. You know what, I'll keep this one quicker. I'll say the Browns are going to win 24-20. The Falcons did great last week getting that win on the road at Seattle. But Joko Hoping-Brissett has been playing pretty well for this Browns team. When you look at this game, I, I got to go with Nick Chubb playing at home, okay. being a Georgia kid. I feel like Nick Chubb is going to have a phenomenal game. He's going to go, and they're going to win this game 27-16. I hear you, man. That guy's an athletic freak. I don't understand it, but there's something about this Falcons team mm. and how they've been in these very close games. I feel like we're not giving them quite enough credit. I think this is the week that they figure it out, and they win 22-18. And a little upset there. Bills Ravens is our next one on deck. Thomas. Who are you picking? This is the game that I talked about. I wish we had a college game day-like approach where we could yes. go around mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we could change the game, the primetime game, and this was the Sunday night game that we could yes. all just sit at home and Preach. watch. But we can't do that, so that's our Preach. But If only we own the league. This game is going to be must-see TV. Lamar Jackson, the Buffalo Bills, Coach McDermott, I know he's going to come up with a great scheme. but So that's why I got to go with the Buffalo Bills, 34-30. to 30. I just don't think Lamar is going to be able to do enough offensively to stop the Bills, what they're going to do on the offensive side. I agree with you. This mm. is the, the, the game of the week. Both these quarterbacks have combined for over seven touchdowns per game. They've combined for over 700 yards per game. But give me the Bills in a squeaker, 28-27 in oh. this one. And you might – thank you. And you might say, like, why isn't it higher scoring because they put so many points on the board? I think the Bills are going to try – or both teams – are going to try to run the ball a little bit more, especially the Ravens, to try to keep the Bills off the field. They ran the ball 90, or they play at 90 plays. Yeah. Yeah, I think my too. score is too low now. We heard Cynthia Freeland say this is going to be the highest scoring game of the weekend. I have Bills 35-32 beating the Ravens. All right, let's go on to Cardinals-Panthers. Upset alert. Oh. A new upset alert, right? New upset. So I'm going with my Carolina Panthers. When I went out and witnessed what this defense did, Turnovers are contagious. I feel like they are something that come in bunches. And the defense was able to go out and create some turnovers against the Saints. And I feel like Kyler Murray is a guy that can throw the ball to the defense. Smaller hands, Brian Burns, strip sack off the edge. He's done it before versus Arizona. I feel like he's going to do it again. I have the Panthers 18-15 to 15 in this matchup. You know, you're talking about college game day, and you're like, oh, there's Matt Rule and Cliff Kingsbury. Maybe they should have stayed in college. But listen, in this one, I'm going to – oh, stop it. Stop it. You wanted participation. Stop it. Stop it. You got it. Uh, I'm going to go with the Panthers 22-20 in a mild upset. You know, Kyler Murray has just 10 touchdowns in his last 11 games. He's turned the ball over quite a bit. So I'm going to go with the Panthers here. See, I'm rubbing off on rank, man. Yeah. I'm, alone I'm in now. Pick. I've got the Cardinals 21-14. The next game we have on that, Jets-Steelers, Thomas Davis. Very unpopular pick, but listen – Zach Wilson is back. Okay. Like the yeah, energy is going to be different for the Jets. So I'm but going wait. with the Jets, 17 to 14. Here we go. In the, the energy is going to be different, not in a good way. 
Why did you bench the guy who's been playing pretty well for you? Joe Flacco also has a history against the Pittsburgh City. Why are you making this decision? Because Zach what? is the starter, right? Zach, is he? Zach is the guy. The starter is the starter. The starter is, I don't can't know. Can't lose I, your starting spot. You can. That, actually, that's why Bill Belichick launched so the Empire. So you're saying because he you're picking I'm going to go with the Steelers, 24 to 20. Give me the Steelers. Sounded I think like Mitch, that's where you were leaning. I think I, I'm leaning that way. Actually, this would break a streak. They're 0-6 when T.J. Watt doesn't play. Oof. Mm. Okay. Uh, I have the Jets as well, TD. What is happening? 21-18. What show am I on? I think that Zach is going to give them that what little extra spark. They're going to feel away about this. All right, we have Titans, Colts. Thomas? Listen, I think it's time for the Colts to really step up and assert themselves. They haven't done that in the first few weeks of this season, but now it's time for them to take over this division like I said they were going to do. So I'm going <laughs> with the Colts. 21 to 17. That's a respectable score. I love what you did there. I'm going to go with the Titans. Oh, Give me the Titans in this one. What was the score that I had? I can't even see my score. I'll find it. 24-23. The road team, the road team has surprisingly dominated this series Mm -hmm. of AFC South rivals. So give me the Titans. I think that they've kind of underachieved over the first couple of weeks. And uh, I'm going with them. I get the sense that. Jonathan Taylor, Johnny T, as I call him, is going to JTT? Really? Johnny T. Really good. Johnny T. Here. I have the Colts 20 to 16. That's what I'm talking about. Taking this right. one. See, TD or something. This one thing that's for certain. Me and Rank right. will no longer Rams be tied next week. That's it. Clearly. Yeah, we've, we, I we're see your strategy here, right? Supreme. And then All our right. producer can finally Rams favor you like nine. she's tried to this whole time. <laughs> But he's so good at picking Who games because his record's the same as yours, <laughs> the same as mine. Uh, Rank just sounds like a hater, man. Sounds like a uh, little bit. It's okay, Rank. Who it's you got okay. in this NFC right, West listen, battle? Listen, I'm going with the Rams. This is not an upset. I'm going with the Rams. They are the they. I, it is it is supposed to be an upset, but they are the superior team. I feel like the Rams, well, the surprised. Super Bowl defending champs. They're gonna go. They're gonna take care of business. The Rams, 20 to 17, Rank. See, when you're the defending champions, you got that target on your your back. back. But here's the thing. The 49ers, during the regular season, have won six consecutive games against this squad. Jimmy Garoppolo, 5-0 against this team in the regular season. Kyle Shanahan has done such a great job against them. Give me the 49ers, 26-24 in this one. Listen, uh, it was not cute for the 49ers last week at all by any stretch. They need a big W and a big decisive win. I have them 26-20 beating the Rams at home in Santa Clara. Separation Friday, baby. I'm claiming Separation it right now. Separation Friday. Here we go. Separation right. 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 I don't know. Right yeah, that's all right, here are the way. games <laughs> we all agree on. As you can see, it doesn't really happen that often, but we do have a few unanimous picks. Eagles all get a dub in our book. Hey, the Chargers also getting a win for us. And the Lions. There is an old adage in fantasy football that there is nothing more interesting than your own fantasy team and nothing more boring than anyone else's. And yet, Adam Rank cares about your team every bit as much as he cares about his own, and that's what makes him special. Well, that and his hot sauce. Hot sauce. Oh, that's not fair, but it's time for the hot Take sauce. Away, Enjoy it while I'm still able to do this because I feel, just by being in the meeting today, I might be usurped by Thomas Davis at some point. The hot sauce by Thomas Davis. But listen, let's start off with four guys that you can start over Matthew Stafford this week who has a tough matchup. And we'll start with the mild but flavorful, and that will be Russell Wilson, who, let's be quite honest about this right now, 
If Russell Wilson was a hot sauce, he'd be Pico de Gallo. Very mild, good, Pico very de Gallo. good, but very mild. Not a lot of spice, and he has not been spicy this year so far with the Denver Broncos, but he's got a great matchup this week going up against the Las Vegas Raiders who have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks wow. this season. It's like a celebrity chef going up and opening a new restaurant at Circa Las Vegas. Let him go out there and cook this week. That wasn't bad. All right, let's go to that the spicy. Bad. That was a good one. Spicy. Let's go. I'm with you. I agree spicy. with you. Let's go spicy. Not spicy, but I agree with you. Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett has been playing very well this season. If you saw last Thursday, he was able to get great games out of both Amari Cooper and David Njoku. Now he's got a great matchup this week going up against the Atlanta Falcons, who allowed a lot of production to Geno Smith last week. So, again, if you just want to go with somebody who you know is going to be productive, he had 17 fantasy points last week. Don't be afraid to get him into your lineup. Be afraid. Let's go three alarm, three alarm. Now, when I worked at a famous Buffalo Wild Wings chain, why did I say the name? I was going to try to be obscure. All right, fine. I worked at B-dubs. When I was in college, you know, when somebody ordered the three alarm, you knew that that was a serious person. And if you are starting Marcus Mariota, you are a very serious fantasy consumer. He has been good this season. I know Arthur Smith's out there like, oh, I'm not trying to win fantasy games. That's cool, dude, because we are. You've done a great job of getting the ball to Drake London, Kyle Pitts, sort of, but Cordero Patterson. And again, great matchup this week. And he gives you that running ability, which is such a key in fantasy football. All right, who wants to get... El wow. Diablo, wow. El Diablo, if you are going to be starting Geno Smith in your lineups no. this week, you should sign a waiver. You have to sign this waiver to say, no, I really mean to do this. But let me tell you something. Geno Smith has been very productive this season. Multiple touchdown passes in two out of three games. Pete Carroll trying to live his best life says, we're going to go up-tempo. We're going to go up to He's in that breakup mode. He wants to show Russell Wilson, oh, I can go up tempo with somebody else. And this week, he's got a great matchup against the Lions. The Lions hey. are a great team, Cynthia. They're Come so good. The Lions are going to be so far ahead that Geno Smith yeah. is going to have to go out there and just fire the ball like I fire these cards. Like I fire these cards. Smith is going to be better than that. So if you are desperate for a quarterback, Geno Smith. I want to go back to something I mentioned at the top of the show. Your first career sack was the guy that everybody yes. wants to sack when they come into the NFL, Tom Brady. Let's go! Please share with us that moment. You know, we had a great play call. You know, I, I was lined up on the same side as Julius Peppers. A lot of that attention is going to go to Pep, obviously, when you have a young rookie that's over there with him. And we ran a, a, a great line stunt, and I'm free to Tom Brady, just me and him. And, you know, he got down pretty quick. So it was, it was exciting because at that moment, you know, he had just won the Super Bowl, but nobody knew that he would become the player that he sure. ultimately became. Right. So yeah. for me, now that I look back on it, it just made that moment even more special for me as a young kid. The part of that story that, that sticks out to me is he went down pretty quickly. <laughs> He crumpled. He crumpled in the yeah. face of TD pressure. Yeah. <laughs> A guy that doesn't Got him. crumble under pressure. <laughs> we want to send out our best to Tua Tonga-Vailoa and his family. I want to thank today's guests, Thomas Davis, the sacker of Brady, the yeah, goat yeah, herder, yeah, Thomas yeah. Davis Sr., and, of course, the host of NFL Total Access, MJ Acosta-Ruiz. Guys, thank you very much. Thank, thank you for you. having us.
NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 